excited. We're ready. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Balderdash Academy. I'm your headmaster, Bob LeBlanc. Joining me is our faculty, coach of the Balderdash Academy Dashers, Coach Steve Corning. That is my name. <laughs> Professor of English Language Arts, Molly McGill. No promises. <laughs> Professor of Home Ec and Wellness, Marie Stewart Harmon. Happy holidays and happy almost New Year. <laughs> and our reigning champion, six-time reigning champion, wow. Professor of Steam, Nate Green. Always wow. promise something until midnight. <laughs> <laughs> our visiting professor today is Jesse Thal. Jesse is an L.A.-based audio and video editor producing content for Netflix, Warner Brothers, Universal, and more. You might know him as Jetsy, the electronic music artist. Jesse has agreed to be the scorekeeper tonight while our faculty members compete for the coveted reigning champion banner. They'll do their best to compete in our competitive comedy competition. At the end of each competition, Jesse will assign points to a competitor he feels is most worthy. He is not looking for the correct answer. You will likely not find the correct answer. The points are arbitrary and can be given to anyone at any time for any reason. At the end of the show, the faculty member with the highest point total will be named our reigning champion. Like I said before, our six-time reigning champion defending his title is Professor Nate Green. That's me. I just knighted wow. you. Oh, thank you. Wow. I That's why I'm so you. sleepy. All right, so our first pop quiz is from Professor Molly McGill of English Language Arts. Molly, what do you have for us? All right, faculty, and welcome, visiting professors. So great to have you here. As you know, we kicked this party off with a word of the day. Oh, yeah. I'm going to say the word of the day. These faculty members are going to try and tell you, Jesse, what it means. I'll review it for you, and then you give points as you see fit. Faculty, are you ready for the word of the day? Yes. Okay. Nope. So ready. <laughs> I love this energy. <laughs> okay. Today's word of the day is glassolalia. 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 Oh. Glassolalia. Nate, what do you have for the meaning Glass of glassolalia? Glassolalia is a uh, an action verb. And um, what it is, is it's an, uh, when you physically break through a glass ceiling. So, like, you're the <laughs> first one to do it um, because there can't be a second one because it's broken glass. Um, and usually when that happens you're yodeling on the way up so you're like you know like that <laughs> um and then you break the glass and uh hopefully don't die okay that was a great description of something uh Yay. bob what do you have so glossolalia is uh you know glacé mm. right the uh, glossolalia is the clothing a person wears, the regalia, if you will, 
that a baker wears when glazing a cake. If you will. Delicious. Delicious answer. Salivating. Marie, what do you got? Well, first, I want some glazed cake right now, please. (laughs) Um, But glossolalia is actually a very, very unique kind of flower. It is a flower found only in the Ozarks, and it has see-through petals, glass-like petals, glossolalia. It is an annual flower. Of course it is. Of course it's yes. annual. Steve, <laughs> yeah. what do you have? Uh, so glossolalia is actually a form of martial arts. Um, oh. Now, this is performed by a very specific group of people. These are people that have seen combat and have lost an eye and had to have that Ooh. eye replaced by a glass eye. Now, what they do mm. is they use that glass eye for a variety of tack, uh, attacks. Um, they'll bop you right in the face with it. Um, they will uh, kind of attach it to a string and do kind of a, uh, a whippy thing where they whip you in the face with it. It's just incredible, and uh, I hope someday you get to experience seeing these guys in action. Wow. One could only wish. Guys Thank you, and Steve. Girls, sorry, guys and girls. Of course. Thank you, Steve. Of course. We are That's the New England gender-neutral guy is what you're talking <laughs> That's about. That's what I meant yes. to do, but I don't yes. want it, women not it's feel the generalized. in the glass eyeball <laughs> Uh, it's the generalized you. <laughs> exactly. We get it. We get it. We're very yeah, inclusive. We it is 2020. Seem to be 2021. Okay, Jesse. Yes. Here is what we have. We have Nate coming in telling us that it is breaking a glass ceiling while yodeling. We have Bob's delicious glazing. We have oh, Marie's yeah. naked Ozark flower. It's an annual. <laughs> and we have Steve's partially blind yo-yo martial arts. Nice. Who who do you think deserves some points? Because I'm really curious. (laughs) It's a toss-up for sure. There were some real answers that I thought you guys were 100% read on this word. But um, I'm not playing favorites when I say this, but my boy Steve's answer was the most, in my opinion, the most out there, (laughs) craziest thing I never would have expected the word to be. So I'm going with Steve's answer. Nice. (laughs) Okay. How many points would you like to give him? I would. Uh, what, are, what are the scores? What can I give it? Whatever you, you want. want Any total. Yeah. Want. What? Okay. Yeah. Uh, it can be I points. Will... It can be food. It can be uh, eternal I, you love. Know, you know, I'm going with my favorite animal, my favorite fish, mm-hmm. the blobfish. I will give you five blobfishes out of ten. Five. Wow. Five blobfishes. I got blobfish yes. on the mind recently, so I'm going for it. <laughs> no, Who doesn't? Great. Yeah. Yeah. Who doesn't? They're amazing fish. They're cool mm-hmm. creatures. Look them up. I'm doing that soon after this. So everyone, it is apparent that you have yet again not studied your vocab words of the week. I'm sorry. Jesse, Jesse, Glassylalia, it's what you're going to be hearing a lot of tonight. It's a bunch of foolish talk. Oh, man. Yeah, you're in for it. So then all the answers are the yeah. right answer. And that, and that's <laughs> Ooh, yes. We're all winners. That's deep. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> all right. Okay, so Foolish Talk, which is an excellent segue to 30 seconds or less. So before we move on to our next game, I will spin an opening icebreaker question for Jesse from the Balderdash Randomizer. The spin will generate a random question that Jesse will try to answer in 30 seconds or less. Now, these questions are 
anything. They can be about work, about uh, personal, about random, whatever. Our first question, uh, question, I can speak tonight. Our first question for Jesse. What is something people seem to misunderstand about your career? Hmm. That is a very specific question. Um, yeah. I, was, I was really expecting something more general here. Um, yeah, heavy hitting. Right out of <laughs> That's the a start tough here. first question. Yeah. For 30 seconds. Uh, it really is. I know. Right? Yeah. I know. Well, now, uh, to let you know how these are formed, I have a list and I ran a number generator. Uh-huh. And that number generator returned this question. And the number generator right. hates you. <laughs> yes, it feels, it feels I did good. give you the backstory to give you enough time to stall for that's an good, answer. That's good improv, Bob. <laughs> yeah, that good. I, like that. I like that too. Oh, you guys are all, you're all making good points. I don't know. It, it, it oftentimes, probably it oftentimes comes from uh, from people that don't really understand the shift that we've had in, in the modern age to go to digital from analog so a lot of yeah. what i do in video it's all on the computer now and people always assume oh, are we in front of those one of those big boards operating you know no it's, it's just a it's just a computer it's boring <laughs> <laughs> so i would say that is yeah that is the big grandiose illusion people have of video guys which is that there's this <laughs> huge room now it's just a, it's a macbook so <laughs> having trained on deck to deck avids linked through a video toaster yeah i feel your pain <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah. our first game is called Four Questions. Like Jesse's website says, he's a video editor who loves pugs. Hmm. And so tonight's four questions will be about those lovable fuzzballs, the pugs. Yes, yes let's go. Oh. So, I'm surprised we didn't go blobfish, but okay. Ah. <laughs> those are more of a recent obsession. To me, okay. they, so there you go. pugs yeah. are the same Blobfish category. are really just the pugs yeah. of the ocean. That's right. <laughs> So whichever one of our faculty members gives the best, not necessarily the correct, but the best answer, Jesse will award points. Our first question. There are many collective nouns and an exaltation of larks, a murder of crows, a pod of whales. Hmm. Pugs are no different. What is the collective noun for a group of pugs? Nate, what's your answer? A pa- uh, pond. I almost messed that up. Oh my gosh! No, that um, uh, it's pond. Uh, it's a pond of pugs. Okay, so a pond of pugs. Marie, what's your answer? Um, Nate's correct that there is some alliteration with it. It is another p word. It is it is actually a puddle of pugs? Because when you get multiple pugs all together, they sort of just all like get all like snuggled up, and they just like a little pug puddle. It's a puddle of pugs. Puddle of pugs. <laughs> Molly, what's no, your call? Both are very cute, and I have heard maybe tossed around once or twice, but it's actually a smoosh. It's a smoosh of pugs because they're little smooshy faces. And so they're all little smooshies, and it goes, oh, look at that little smoosh of pugs. It's a good little smoosh of pugs. All right. Yeah, smoosh of pugs. Steve, what's your answer? Uh, everyone was really close with the alliteration, um, but here's what I've been led to believe is the actual answer. It is a pod racer of pugs. Um, now this is pod racing. <laughs> All right. A pod racer of pugs. So Jesse, we had Nate with a pond of pugs, Marie with a puddle of pugs, Molly with a smoosh of pugs and Steve going with the Bunta Eve festivities. 
a pod racer of pugs. The correct answer was a grumble Ooh, of pugs. Nice. <laughs> a grumble. That's fitting. So, Jesse, yes. how would you like to score? Well, first, I wanted to say that I was already laughing from the moment you asked the question because this was a question <laughs> I actually knew the answer to was grumble. <laughs> and I was like, I can't say anything. I can't say anything. <laughs> I, <laughs> one of the most... One of the most creative things I think I've heard uh, is is a puddle of pugs. I'm going to give it to puddle of pugs because that just sounds right. It just all right. There, there was some. And you want to be in that puddle. Mm. All right. Now, how many points would you like to give to Marie? I would like to give. uh, You know what? I'm going to give ten pug tails out of ten. Ten pug tails out of ten. Thank (laughs) you. So, our next question, according to the American Kennel Club. Pugs got their name from where? So where did the word pug come from? Marie, what's your answer? Um, it came from England. Um, there, 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 uh, there are a lot of dogs that are like they're they they were part of like the royal family, and pugs were part of the royal family in England. Um, and it actually came from um one of the princes when he was a little boy. Um, he was he was out playing in the yard, and um he he couldn't say dog. He could not say the D of dog, and so he was saying pug, 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 pug. Um, while he was running around chasing after these little adorable creatures. And therefore, the royal family just moved forward with that. Which is good. Otherwise, they'd be known as duds. Molly, what's your answer? Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually from the Greek goddess Gup. Uh, obviously well known for her loyalty and best friendedness. Um, so we didn't want to just steal the whole name of her. So what they did was they got really creative and then just flipped it around. So they turned Gup to Pug and they are actually the official dog of the goddess Gup. Makes perfect sense. Steve, what's your answer? Uh, so when they first started breeding, uh, Pugs, these, this horrifyingly cute combination of God knows what, um, they noticed (laughs) it tended to urinate more than most dogs. Um, and so they just started calling it the P-Dog, and that litter just became Pug. All right, so a portmanteau of P-Dog. Nate, what's your call? Uh, it came from the year 2055. Uh, a man named <laughs> uh, Pugsley Coppersmith um, created the Pug. Uh, it's actually much like Stitch from Lilo and Stitch. It was made in a, in a lab. Um, but... Uh, he felt bad that he had the only one. So he then created a time machine, went back in time, started breeding pugs and loved it there. Um, and he stayed in, in that time frame of the Jurassic Park era and um, <laughs> pugs were created. All right. So from Nate, we have back to the grumble. So we have uh, Marie with the English royal family. We have Molly. It's Gup, goddess of loyalty and best friendedness. And uh, Steve P-Dog. Love that rapper. <laughs> Nate, we have a 2055 Pugsley Coppersmith and a time machine. All of these were answers. Yes. The correct answer was the uh, that the fact that it is believed that the breed was named after the marmoset monkey, hmm. which were known 
as pug monkeys in the early 18th century. They were very popular pets, so the pug was named after the monkey. Again, all po- uh, all answers. Very good. Uh, Jesse, as a recap, we have Marie with the English royal family, Molly with Gup the goddess, Steve with P-Dog, and Nate with 2055 Pugsley Coppersmith. How would you like to score? Well, this is a difficult one, as I already gave up all my pugtails. Um, oh, <laughs> 10 out of 10 pugtails. What, what else is left? Think, I know. I got I to gotta think of something else on the pug. I don't really have much of a nose. You can't really give that away. Uh, <laughs> no. I, How about wrinkles? Yes. Ooh, yes. Infinite wrinkles, that's, really. That's true. You can never have enough wrinkles. You know, I, there are, there were so many good background stories to these. I really liked the idea of the Greek goddess named Gup, but I, my heart ultimately had to land on Pugsley Copper Smith's time machine. I think it would, it would make an, an amazing uh, live action film. I would love to see that. Who would, you, yeah. who would you cast in that? I, I, I'm curious I, who yeah, Pugsley Coppersmith would be. Pugsley Coppersmith? That's a very good question. I mean, it sounds like know. a Johnny Depp Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> Daniel yeah. Radcliffe. Yeah, that's perfect. Needs to be Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, so and it's just indie sounding enough where he'd probably be all over it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would, I so would how many uh, wrinkles would you like to give? Oh, yes. No, I, I think uh, I would give... Man, this is a tough one. But there's infinite wrinkles. There's infinite wrinkles. A hundred wrinkles. One hundred wrinkles. Wow. wrinkles. Yes. Now, All right. What's yes. the exchange so, rate between um, tails, blobfish, yes. and wrinkles? This is and very important that we one break this one. down. One oh, for one. One for one. Uh, it's uh. That seems fair. I I, I think yeah. the real exchange rate is dependent upon the pressure of the room that the blobfish is in. That's true. Oh, I, I would have. You know, I would have just said, look it up on the on cryptocurrency websites. It'll Ooh. be on there somewhere. So there you go. All right. Our third question in four sure. questions. Like many breeds, pugs were bred for a specific purpose. What was that purpose, Molly? Uh, it was for nestling right in this area when you're lying in bed so that you got this perfect little smoosher, don't smoosh, perfect little smoosher that just mm-hmm. snuggles there and curls up kind of like a pillow, can use it as a pillow. So it, it was a bread specifically to be a snuggler, basically. Bread is a snuggler. Steve, what's your answer? Well, you said it in your question there, Bob. Uh, I caught you there. You said uh, pugs were bred. Um, pugs were originally created as a... As a- thing to transport sandwich meat and cheese into your mouth uh the russian army they were stuck in the alps they were having a bad day and they're like we have tons of these dogs that we could breed really quick tiny little dogs uh for food for sustenance and that's um that's how we get that pugs now not for food and sustenance like you would think but literally as waiters to deliver sandwiches exactly thank you thank you for clearing that up Mm -hmm. thank you buff I'm more asking because that's exactly what you said starting oh, sorry, off. I was doing improv where I just said yes to whatever you were saying. Yes. <laughs> no, no, no. All I, right. Te- uh, originally, I intended that we, you were consuming the pugs. Yes, pugs were bred. I'm sorry. Oh, is that too dark? No, that's fine. Okay, great. No, no, pugs, they okay, look like right. a loaf of bread. It makes sense. Nate, what's your answer? Measures. Uh... I'm, well, I'm still trying to work through Steve's answer in my head. Mm-hmm. I don't know which way to go with it. Um, when they were used as a transportation vehicle, uh, I was I was actually on board with you uh, because they. The real answer is that um, they were uh, meant 
to be kind of a workhorse, except in dog form. Um, they're used on farms to like pull plows and things like that, specifically <laughs> ant farms. Um, and uh, the proportions is like they're a little bit bigger than an ox to a human. So it works really well. They get really good crops in those ant farms. Uh, the uncle right. farms have uh, chihuahuas. Ant dog livestock. Ooh. Marie, nice. what's your answer? Um, as we all know, pugs are like really small. They're like, they're about, you know, baby sized. Mm. So, um, there was this time in, in the world where homes were not heated yet and they had to take on other ways of keeping places warm. And one of the places that they wanted to keep warm were the, were the baby the baby bassinets to warm up the bassinet before putting your baby in so it enters a warm bassinet. Pugs were bred as bassinet warmers. Bassinet warmers. So we have Molly with the original cuddle pillow. We have oh, Steve yeah. with pugs were bred mm -hmm. specifically for sandwiches. Yeah. We have Nate that they were livestock dogs on an ant farm and we have Marie with baby bassinet warmers. Mm -hmm. Disturbing as it is to say this, <laughs> two of you were actually very, very close. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and farms and farm. sandwiches. <laughs> no, not that one. <laughs> they were, of course, bread. Uh, no. Um, so... <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> Pugs were bred, however, to be lapdogs for Chinese emperors, um, specifically to also help in warming. Hmm. So, so well, all all answers. Yeah, two of them actually pretty close. <laughs> so they made your lap toasty. <laughs> lap toast. <laughs> Jesse, how would you like to score? Oh man, there were so many good answers. Uh, I it's really hard. And I can't even think about what I would give as the <laughs> score for this one. I think if we're just talking about the usefulness of the, of what you can use a pug for, I want to give you all points because you can use yes, a pug great. for bread. Sure. You can use the pug yeah, for, for snuggling. You can do anything with a pug. So I'm going to say uh, you all get an equal amount of pug hugs Ooh. for this one. Oh, good. Um, so go with an arbitrary yeah. number. Have about eight. Eight pug eight hugs. Pug eight. Oh, that's so sweet. Yes. Eight pug <laughs> hugs across the board. I want that so, for real. I, <laughs> I know, honestly. We all do. <laughs> Our next and last question of four questions. The pug is the official breed of the House of Orange. So they are the official breed of the Dutch House of Orange. Why? Steve, what's your answer? Um, so... <clears throat> You, you we're all familiar with the Flying Dutchman, of course. And uh, one night, the Flying Dutchman was out. Uh, he needed to fly. And um, luckily, he knew a wizard. Uh, and this wizard had some magic flying dust. And the wizard was like, well, we need to put this upon some sort of transportation device. And he's like, well, I know these transportation devices for, for food. And he's like, oh, that'll work. What are they? They have four legs. And they look like little loaves of bread. Let's throw it on there. And on that magical night... <laughs> Those uh, pugs flew the Flying Dutchman. Pugs on the Flying Dutchman. Nate, what's your answer? Mm -hmm. uh, well, it's the House of Orange. Uh, so um, what they used the pugs for and the reason that they took on such a heavy uh, weight in that house is because um, they didn't know when to stop the spray tans. 
so what the pugs did, they just had this uncanny natural ability to just sit on the cord at the right time. So that way they were just the right amount of orange. Um, and as the household grew, the, the pug numbers grew. It became a, a flock and grumble of pugs. All right. Train to stop the spray tan. <laughs> that's, that's a t-shirt right there, guys. Flock and grumble of pugs. Marie, what's your answer? Um, well, as of the House of Orange, um, the the pugs had a their, their noses are quite smushed, and they have a lot of breathing breathing problems. Um, but they have a very, very, very keen scent for vitamin C, specifically in oranges. So these pugs would be able to sniff out any orange in the city at the time, and the you know they were they were big fans of those orange seeking pugs. That makes a lot of sense in the age yeah. of scurvy. Molly, what's your answer? Yes. Well, I used a lot of mind energy just trying to follow along the previous answers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, if you could break it down for us, that would be great. So, uh, actually, what, what people get confused about is that the horse, uh, the horse, the, excuse me, the house of orange is actually an orange house. And so these pugs were the doormen at the house of orange and the very special uh, attribute that they brought to the house and why they were so coveted was that they could smell when the Dutch oven was done cooking and would then bark so everyone knew it was time for tea. Oh. Doormen, more like adorable <laughs> men. Oh. oh. So true. Uh, you know, these were all word-based <laughs> answers. The, uh... <laughs> We have Steve Steve with the Flying Dutchman. We have Nate, where they were trained to stop a spray tan. We have Marie, where they could scent out the vitamin C and oranges. And we have Molly with the doorman of the House of Orange. Adorable Who can smell Dutch ovens. So (laughs) that's that's a superpower right there. So it's Dutch all, Oven Man. <laughs> all answers. Uh, some were actually adjacent to correct. The the correct answer was in 1572, the pug Pompey barked and warned Prince William of Orange of an approaching assassin. Wow. They've they've been the official breed of the House of Orange ever since. I mean, an assassin and a Dutch oven, they're not that much different if you think it's about very, it. It's very no. basically synonymous Mm. yeah Mm -hmm. and if done Mm -hmm. uh, properly they are both silent but deadly jesse Mm -hmm. how would you like to score well like you were saying i want to pick an answer that's adjacent to the the truth and the first answer uh one of the answers sorry not the first i'm getting out of words (laughs) but the the right answer that first one uh, sucked (laughs) Ugh, no, forget about that first. No. Uh, the real, I mean, the real answer about it warning um, a, a general saving its life. You know, I have to think about what what in a situation could a pug be saving your life every day? And I want to give it to the doorman. I love my doorman. Yeah. Doormen doorman are great. And uh, all right, a, a nice pug doorman is what you need in your life. So excellent. Yeah. How many points would you no. like to give? I don't have a doorman. I'm kidding. I don't. <laughs> I was like, Jesse's big time, man, out here in LA with his doorman. No, 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 no doorman. Just a here. pug. Just a pug. Actually. So, Jesse, I have a doorman. 
It's my five-year-old son. He just opens the door all the time. <laughs> Were you raised in a barn? Uh, how many points would you like to give Molly? I would like to give Molly, uh, you know what? I'll, I'll give her 10 pug wrinkles and a, an extra uh, pug snort. Yes! All right, 10 pug wrinkles and extra pug snort. That leads us to our points, and our points are... I am in last place with zero points. Next, we have Steve with 13, Marie with 18, Molly with 19, and our reigning champion, Nate Green, with 100 in it. So it's a one-to-one ratio. We, we learned that part. Yeah. <laughs> so join us for a conversation with Jesse, audio, video editor, and electronic music artist when we return to Balderdash Academy. Go Dashers! <laughs> <laughs> Meet the characters of Balderdash County in Balderdash Academy Teacher's Lounge. You've heard the game show. Now you can go behind the scenes as you meet the students and faculty of our fine school. Unlock the mysteries of the centuries-old buildings or even go outside the school grounds to meet the denizens of the village of Balderdash. Character, comedy, and mystery abound in Balderdash Academy Teacher's Lounge every other Wednesday on your favorite podcast service. So welcome back to Balderdash Academy. We're here today with visiting Professor Jesse Thal. Jesse is an audio-video editor, uh, born and raised in New York. He spent the last four years in Los Angeles, California, working for a creative agency as senior video editor. Uh, he's produced content for Netflix, Warner Brothers, Universal, and more in his off time. You might know him as Jetsy. He's an electronic music artist. He also records voiceover skits with his friends. Jesse, welcome to Balderdash Academy. Thanks for having us. Quite an introduction. I appreciate it. Mm. <laughs> I've never had that in my entire <laughs> life. So thank you. You can make time now. You're on Balderdash Academy. This is where all the big names go. You should make your parents do it before like Thanksgiving, because that's what I do. Oh my gosh. That's a yeah. great idea. Yeah. I'm not even kidding. Yeah, you're going to be seen by tens of people mm-hmm. so, yeah. <laughs> and <well>. one pug <laughs> Maybe. And as long as one pug out there sees me i'll be i'll be fine <laughs> so jesse i'm working in the entertainment industry right yes but it has to be interesting i mean that you oh, have to have worked on not, some pretty cool stuff right it is and it's never boring there is almost always yeah. a client ask around the corner and uh definitely never a lack of things to do so yeah, what's what's your favorite project you've worked on so far Really good question. It, it, it never really comes down to the project, to be honest with you. To be get a little corny, um, it's always the team members that I work with that end up making the project. So if I just have a good time, you know, I could be working on like, like a movie I don't really like or whatever, something that's just not for for me, and I'll still enjoy making the stuff for it because I'm working with a great team of people. It's just it all yeah. always comes down to that. Um, now, what what's some of the things that you like in a team that that you work with? That's a good question. Uh, mostly just people that are. Good listeners, they they like read everything you write. They don't, you know, they're not yes men. Just people that are actually like avidly wanting to make a good product. Um, it just makes a world of difference when you're working on literally anything. Like it, it could be something for kids. It could be, you know, a comedy thing. It could be an action thing. It doesn't really matter as long as the people you're working with care about the product. 
Um, and the stuff we make too, it's not the movie itself. I should clarify it as content for the movies. Yeah. So it's like those little short snackable videos you get to see on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, if you ever gotten that unskippable ad for a movie, that was me. Sorry about that. <laughs> Damn, Damn you, Jesse. Uh, you know, you do make them very interesting. I watch them. The editing is so good. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I it's a it's a smaller company, you know, obviously it's not like me on the on the front helm. It's a it's a smaller agency, but what we do, we we try to make some cool stuff. And I'm fortunate to be working with an awesome team. So nice. Yeah, that's probably the best part about it. Early on, I, I was I was poking about the difference between analog and, and digital. And I mean, the reality between the two is you just have different things that can go wrong. Yes, actually, very good. Um, yeah. so, <laughs> um, you know, one. Well, I mean, and that that's true. I mean, one over the other, it, it really it's, it's like the difference between a Mac and a PC. The, yes. You just have a different set of complaints. It's the same Right. It's the same beast in the, in the long run. My favorite joke between that is when a problem goes wrong on a PC, you get this error code that's like error 41519 and you could like Google that code on, yeah. on you know, on Google and you and you can see what the error was. And I was like, "Oh, it was a problem with this thing." On Mac, you get a problem and it just goes, "Something went wrong." Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> and that's Color all wheel. you get. And you're just yeah. like, "Oh, how am I supposed to know what that is? That could be a million things." So I love it. Yeah. It keeps the mystery alive in the in the relationship. It does. <laughs> That's what keeps people coming back to Mac. Yeah. So does that mean that you're a PC guy? Preferably, yes. I use the Mac for yeah. work, but on my own time, I have a PC and I use that for everything else. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah. Um, one of the big differences between Mac and a PC, well, creatively, I, I'm a graphic designer in when I'm not at the school. And, you know, the myth is, Apples are, are fantastic for design. They're great at graphics, which was true before video games became a thing. And yeah. <laughs> now all the high-speed render <laughs> engines and video processors are all in PCs. Yeah. So, um, you know, speaking of non sequiturs, do you are you a gamer? Do you do you play video games? Oh, sure. And if so, what type do you do you do you get into? Absolutely. Uh, I'm of the very small community that still plays fighting games like Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. <laughs> These games, they are huge franchises. You know, you probably remember them from your childhood. But there aren't as many online people playing Street Fighter uh, that there would have been in the arcades in person in the '90s. It was kind of at its peak then, and they still make these games, but. I am in the fighting game community. I love playing fighting games with anyone I can. I'm a big fan of Street Fighter V. So that's that's my game right now. Um, yeah, there's nothing wrong with button mashers. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's true. Those are the only ones I know how to play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did the guy fall down? Then I won. <laughs> now, do you follow any leagues? Do you follow any esports around oh, yeah. uh, the online fighting games? Or Yeah, yeah, yeah. Capcom has the, the Capcom Cup. It literally is like the pro tour they do every year. Um, of course. Cool. Obviously, yeah, of course. Duh. Duh. Uh, <laughs> don't follow the Capcom Cup. Uh, no, it's um, that's the stuff I, I really like. And yeah, I think the, the difference with the fighting game esports versus like stuff that most people recognize with like uh, MOBAs and like stuff like um, like StarCraft and Dota and all those things is those games are more team yeah. sports. And mm -hmm. fighting games are so much more of like the video game equivalent of like a UFC fight. Like it's that guy versus that guy. Right. And, yeah. you know, sometimes you just have these like skinny little nerds come up with a giant control stick and they just like kick somebody's <laughs> ass and you just want to <laughs> cheer for that guy. Like it's such a gratifying <laughs> feeling 
when yeah when stuff like that goes down and they pull out all the stops for these things they have the fighting games set up with the tvs in a wrestling ring and these people oh walk God. in with their arcade sticks they will walk out to theme music <laughs> And That's they awesome. treat it like wrestling. So I'm not a wrestling fan. I'm a fighting game fan. And they do that exact stuff like they do in wrestling. That's so so you, you like uh, you like Street Fighter, uh, Mortal yes. Kombat. Yep. What about what about the? Um, oh my god, it's so graphic. Um, Super Smash Brothers. Oh my uh, gosh. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Right, do you get into that? I play. I play Smash all the time. I grew up playing the original on the N64. Nice. I still play it to this day. I have the Switch one. Uh, yeah, that one I love. I love playing. Uh, don't watch it too much. Um, there, it's still just as much of a fighting game as anything else, but it's certainly yeah. a different uh, audience than there would be for Street Fighter. They have their own thing, I, and I'm yeah. I hear they're bringing fatalities into it. <laughs> just like I wish <laughs> that'd be so Kirby. Sick. Just Kirby sucks in the character and then poops out a skeleton. Yeah. You know? We've all been wanting it. Just throw in a Mortal Kombat character and you get your wish. Like Sub Zero. Sub Zero That's what we want. Just now for the viewer, we're 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 filming this in late August. Oh yeah. And I know it's the end of December, so Damn. the world might have changed since then, but sure. at least for now it hasn't. Uh-huh. Um so with the pandemic and with the 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 push um for at least now for social distancing, mm-hmm. esports could potentially be um, the new sport forefront that is social distance based. You can do it land based. Right. Now, there was a while ago a push to get it included in the Winter Olympics. Hmm. Yes. And actually, what do you think, really? Coach? Capcom was on the front helm of that, and they were putting yeah. so much money into putting Street Fighter as the first like Japanese Olympic sport fi- video game. And then wow. COVID happened. And what's mm. happening with that yeah. now? Like, it could have been. It, it really could have. Um, interesting point yeah. to say uh, about uh, social distancing, because you can play games online. Uh, there are definitely um, advantages to having tournaments in person. And unfortunately, yes. the community is suffering because not everyone's internet connection is stable. When someone starts to lag, the game ruins. It's the mm. worst experience. So mm-hmm. tell us for, about uh, it. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys have to do comedy over the internet, which is even harder. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I feel for you guys more than the, the esports people. <laughs> wow, thank you. <laughs> so so Jesse, you a hobby of yours is obviously gaming, but you also make electronic music. Tell me yeah. about how you got into that and what kind of electronic music you make. Sure, I appreciate the full the full interview happening right now. Um, yeah, I love um, using. It's actually funny because we're talking about analog and digital. There is a love for analog stuff. We like people mm-hmm. are nostalgic for the '80s, even when they didn't grow up in the '80s. Like like big shows on Netflix, like getting you know that '80s vibe to it and stuff. Oh, yeah. I always find that it's interesting Stranger that things. if they're making yeah like yeah Stranger Things included, there are things about um, like making old sounding stuff using new equipment that I love so much. And the type of music that I make is usually drawn from the past. There are, of course, um, hip hop songs from the 90s were always my favorite. So I'm trying to make more instrumental beats you would have heard on a 90s hip hop track than you would have heard uh, present day. So there's a lot more like I make 90s instrumentals. I guess that sort of scene has blown up more now as the lo-fi hip hop, which is kind of like you know, when people want to do homework, they turn this YouTube channel on and they listen to lo-fi yeah. beats. So yep. it's become it's become a big phenomenon yeah, now. But uh, I've always loved that, those kind of beats. 
uh, they, they played them all the time, uh, you know, on television I saw growing up. And I was like, man, like you see these guys on the records and the, like the NPCs, what they call it, like a big sample machine. And I, now I figure out it could just do it all on the computer. So I, taught, I self-taught myself and I make these kind of old sounding beats using new digital equipment. And uh, awesome. it comes out, you know, I, I can often get an older sounding sound if I try hard enough. So, What do you yeah. do with these songs? Yeah. I, uh, well, I, I take a bunch of drum noises. I sequence them up into like kind of a boom bap-ish beat. That's, a boom, that's what I call the drum, the drum tracks on those older hip hop songs. They call it a boom bap. You can look it boom up. Boom bap. Boom bap. And then, uh, yeah, then I get a uh, sample, something like from the 70s, like an old song, maybe slow it down and cut it up into pieces until it's unrecognizable. And then you, you kind of put each sample into a button on your keyboard and you just press it to play the sound and you launch it on the right time of the beat and you end up making like a ooh, ah, ooh, 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 ah. And then you kind of have fun with it. And before you know it, you're playing the keyboard or a sampler like it's an instrument. That um, is so awesome. Yeah, it's Boom fun. Bap. I, I always order that at the Vietnamese restaurant. <laughs> Great dumplings. Exactly. So for those interested in Jesse's music, the links was, are in yeah. the description. I was yeah, just gonna I was gonna cross promote here. Um <gasps> yeah. go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got a I've got a podcast. Everyone has a podcast these days, but I have a music <laughs> podcast where we talk to plunder phonics artists, electronics artists, hip hop artists, me and friend of the show, Jack Milosh, which mm-hmm. uh, you guys should be well familiar with now. Anyway, we recently um interviewed Jesse and we listened to um his favorite, uh, my favorite record of his called Bagels. Um, mm. And we listened to the whole thing and talked about it and dissected it. It's really awesome. I think it'll be a great pod. So definitely check that out if you're interested. And Sweet. Learn so that, with that? Our weird world yes. of music. <laughs> they were oh, the, the podcast is called Collaboradio. Collaboradio. Link in the description. Thank you. Yeah. So the, um, th- that older aesthetic is what you do to take uh, to take your samples and to to yes. adjust it and to move it and that's, to build it into what what you have is your that's music. correct. It, it, the the tools may have changed, but the technique is the same. Mm-hmm. So in the same way that you were limited before with a with a machine and floppy disks, I'm not even kidding. These uh, oh, '90s yeah. hip hop artists had to use floppy disks to load their samples. Uh, we now have MP3s, we have WAV files, and we have it all in the same software as our as the you know running on a computer. So I just like cut it on up in the program and in the same program assign it to a, a, a launcher like a button and then hit it on the right time and just have fun with it so yeah it's it, the principle so when you say keyboard i mean the QWERTY do you keyboard. mean like your asdfghjkl yeah. keyboard yes and that actually leads me into another thing which is when i play uh besides just sampling when i actually play the, the piano or the or digital keyboard i use my qwerty keyboard to play the keyboard qwerty Yes, I I use the the computer keyboard to play uh, the physical keyboard. So sometimes, or a musical keyboard. So sometimes I will learn that like you know plus uh, bracket nine is also like G F A, <laughs> and I just start playing the piano. <laughs> and it's strictly for convenience. Like I can buy a mini keyboard if I want to, but I just like I just love how tiny these are, and I just want to like if it's making the sound in the program, I'm just gonna learn where everything lines up. <laughs> So <laughs> that blows my mind. It's yeah, just use what I, you got. <laughs> so amazing. you were talking about your influences. Yeah. And um before we before we go, what 80s show <laughs> to you had the best theme song? Wow. Ooh. This is a this is a tough one. Ooh. It was probably by P Dog. Oh, <laughs> 
And I'm asking because I just sat here trying to think of one with the best, and I can't do it. Yeah. Uh, movies, uh, maybe. Reading Rainbow for came. me. Oh, man. Oh, yes! 80s, yeah, 80s, 80s shows slap. Like, all 80s shows theme songs slap. But I think the cartoons from the 80s songs went the hardest. And I'm going to go with yes. Thundercats. Yes. Uh, I, I will, Thundercats, like, ho. Yes. Thunder, thunder, yeah. thunder, Thundercats. Like, you don't get that anymore. It was so cool. So, I, uh, yeah, I'm going with Thundercats. Nice. Go with Thundercats, yeah. Yeah. So speaking of going, uh, join us when we return for our Steam Pop quiz and Lie Lie Again, only on Balderdash Academy. Go Dashers! That's us. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to Balderdash Academy. As a reminder, our scores. Are I am in last place with zero points. Next, we have Steve with 13, Marie with 18, Molly with 19, and our reigning champion, Nate Green, with 108 points. I'd like to give Jesse some points. Um, I'd like to knock yourself how much? Uh, 12 points for that incredible interview. I was riveted. Yes. All right, 12 points yep. for a great interview. Really good. It is now time for our second pop quiz. This pop quiz is from the head of Steam, Nate Green. Nate, what do you have for us? Well, uh, today I wanted to just mention to everybody that, uh, you know, we're here making a living uh luckily we can do this remotely it's fantastic and making money is very hard work for Mm. an artist um many people try this to only have to give up on their dreams because they have to pay damn bills and they need the money for it so they're like i guess my art has to go um but there is one successful artist out There's many successful artists out there, but one specifically. <laughs> There's one uh, successful yes, artist. <laughs> who doesn't seem to have any issues selling any paintings. Um, this artist survived two bouts of cancer and participated in uh, Relay for Life in Charlotte, North Carolina. The artist's name, well, the artist is known as Smithfield the Pig. Mm-hmm. And my question to you is, how did Smithfield the pig get this name? Uh, so, Steve, how did Smithfield the pig, the artist, get this name? Uh, well, Smithfield the pig is, uh, as you could imagine from the name, a, um, well, a pig. Um, so the second part of the name makes sense. He is a four-legged beast of the dirt. Um, and Smithfield, of course is the this gets kind of dark smithfield smithfield was the name of the, him? was the name of the slaughterhouse that he was supposed to be killed in um and he narrowly escaped because he just like in charlotte's web he made a beautiful piece of art and was kept alive so from that day forth he decided to call him smelt smelt Smithfield after the slaughterhouse Smithfield the pig and he went on to make some incredible art it's a a touching story it is very touching interesting and touching Um, Molly can you tell me how Smithfield the pig got this name 
Sure. Um, Smithfield the pig, the, the name was uh, acquired because the artist herself is actually the heiress to the Smithfield deli meat um, legacy. So uh, try and just think of some things that she liked and knew and wanted to bring in a little bit of that family, just a little bit of that mystery, a little hint for people to pick up. So she picked up Smithfield and she's always just really uh, loved pigs. That's my answer. Pig loving heiress. In summary, she loved pigs. A pig loving (laughs) heiress. Love it. Uh, uh, And Bob, can you tell us about Smithfield the pig? Yeah, of course. Now, uh, I used to work in agribusiness. I was a designer for an agribusiness company. And your first instinct would be to assume that this is an actual pig from Smithfield Foods. Um, You'd be wrong. What people forget is that pig... P-I-G-G-E is actually a type of clay. It's where we get the term piggy bank. So um, this is literally referring to art created with pig clay from Smith's field. So uh, don't break the piggy bank. Just use that piggy bank clay um, from mm-hmm. Smithfield. And uh, <laughs> Marie. Um. So there is this world-renowned artist that everybody um, might have seen a piece of their work on the internet somewhere. His name's Banksy. And um, Banksy went to Smithfield, Wisconsin, where there is a plethora of pig production. Um, and he drew pigs all over in, in um, celebration of the economy of Smithfield, Wisconsin. Smithfield, Wisconsin was covered with these Banksy pigs and um, they were, they have now been made into prints and they are being sold everywhere because it is the only actual artwork by Banksy one can procure. Mm-hmm. All right. So Banksy's uh, Smithfield pig art. pig art. So he went yeah. hog wild. Uh, all right, we have some really good answers here, actually. Uh, so we have Steve with uh, four-legged beast, um, and um, from uh, that was saved from Smithfield Slaughterhouse, uh, and uh, Molly's airy heiress, uh, who's a, very much a pig lover. Um, Bob's piggy bank clay farm. Um, and Banksy from Smithfield giving all that stuff. <laughs> uh, so what, which one did you like the best? Which, where do you want to lay those points down? A good question. There are so many good answers and I, I was really not expecting the, the real answer to even have nothing to do with pigs. I was hoping this would actually, the illusion would have been ruined because I was really hoping <laughs> there was a pig out there in Smithfield. Um, but out of, out of all of them, I think the most creative and the most out, like, I would not have seen this one come, and uh, I really liked the Banksy one. I want to own a piece of the only ownable piece of Banksy art is a pig named Smithfield. Um, I want to like that idea. <laughs> and now, I, now I want like a Smithfield. Banksy. It's a series. He's the, the Smithfield's all around town. It's a series of prints. There's approximately fifty, but they're limited like editions. So limited. If you 50. could, if you could buy the Banksy Smithfield pig art, uh, how many points would you use to buy it with? <laughs> Oh man, it's a Banksy. So I mean, I don't know, a thousand bucks. 
thousand Banksy bucks. All Bank, right, ba- Banksy. Hey, how about a thousand piggy banks? We're going with banks for Banksy and piggy banks for the Ooh, material. Crossover. There we go. Uh, boom. All right. So the um, all great guesses and one was actually pretty right on the money. Um, so Smithfield the pig, the pig uh, got his name uh, due to the fact that he actually is a pig. Um, and uh, if That's you awesome. go to paintingpig.com, you can check out um, Smithfield's pork folio. Uh, <laughs> you can... <Yes>. Amazing! <laughs> you can buy... Uh, Smithfield, the pigs, uh, paintings, they run from $50 to $150 or $200. Um, so, yeah, it's a little Vietnamese pig. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they say <laughs> art is the best thing to invest in right now, so giddy up. There you go. Piggy so, up. This, this, pig makes, yeah. this pig makes so much in commissions. It's insane. Dude, come so on. Much. So much. His overhead is nothing. It survived two bouts of cancer. That's crazy. It had that is, uh, it, that is amazing it nose cancer. I bet the painting had Aww. something to do with that. Like, it, like when the pig's doing something he likes, he therapy, lives a little yeah. longer. Cathartic yeah. art therapy is real. Yeah. All right. So it is now time for our next thirty seconds or less question. Ooh, Jesse, this one's hard hitting. Chocolate strawberry or vanilla and why don't get it wrong oh my gosh it's hard it's hard uh because this is this is just a preference thing really i'm not, no, I'm not trying to the right to- answer right. oh are you <laughs> carefully analyzing i'm not telling my opinion on a flavor of ice cream as fact uh I'm, I'm he didn't picking- actually say ice cream oh, oh man well those are the, the, that's neapolitan what else could it be could um, be a milkshake okay. Which is also ice cream. Ooh, could be that's right. Twenty four <laughs> seconds. Uh, fudge. Could be fudge. Mm. Oh my god. Okay. Uh, could, uh, could be flavored yogurt? condoms. Yo. Okay. A vanilla you know flavored what? condom would not be. A All right, time. and we are out of time. <laughs> Our <Hey. laughs> moving on to lie lie again. Our next game is lie lie again. I will read a weird or unusual fact about a select member of the faculty. This statement can be the truth or it can be a lie now as you know from previous episodes our visiting professor and fellow faculty members may question the subject to better discern whether or not what they're saying is the truth or a lie either way the subject must convince everyone that what they are saying is true regardless of so how absurd right it sounds so everybody has their favorites Betty or Veronica, Daphne or Thelma, Ginger or Marianne, but not everyone got a chance to dance with one of them. Nate did. Nate got a chance to dance with Marianne herself, Don Wells. Isn't that right, Nate? Yes. yes <laughs> All right. Who has our first question for Nate? What kind of dance was it, Nate? Was it a was it a bump and grind or a waltz? Oh, well, huh. um, it was it was uh, it was pretty close to a high school dance. Uh, it was <laughs> when I was in college, 
and uh, it was at the American College Theater Festival. Um, and it was one of those things at the end of the festival, they had a little dance. Uh, I hate dancing, so I didn't go long. Um, but yeah, um, so it was kind of just one of those, uh, you know, upbeat, yay, party, festival dances. But did she single you out for a dance or you guys were just dancing in the same, like, same area? Room. Yeah, who asked who? Dancing in the same click. Also, I'll put it that way. You, you sound like a middle school boy. You're like, I danced with Sarah. But really, in reality, Sarah was like 10 feet away from you. Is that kind of what's going on here? No, it was in the same, same area. I mean, it was back when I was in college. And believe me, I've been kind of reflecting back to that time. And that was a lot longer ago than I'd like to admit. Um, but uh, yeah, it was just like in the same area. So the reason that I say the same click is because through the ACTF American college theater festival, um, we kind of just went through it and we sat, um, in the cafeteria. It wasn't my college. I don't know what they called it. Um, and we were sitting down eating lunch and Don Wells came over and she's like, Hey, can I join you? So we're like, sure. Yeah. Um, and she just every day, had lunch with us basically through that festival and then at the end we danced what was her role at the festival um i think she was the keynote speaker something like that you think she was the keynote speaker? i don't know what i don't i don't know he what just the... said college was like 45 years ago molly did, but did you skip the main <laughs> speech of the whole event usually they fly um, these people in for the no. keynote speech like Right, for it's one the, day. It's they're the headliner. There the afternoon. They're not there for like four days usually, but I mean, no, no. They, she, she was there um, because throughout the whole thing, it was it was um, there were competitions. You got nominated for like an Irene Ryan um, award, and and you would go and uh, do a scene and a monologue, and um, it was kind of a competition type of thing where colleges competed against each other. And um, she was one of those judges in the final round. So she kind of was, okay. she wasn't just there to be a speaker. Yeah. She was there for the whole thing. But that was All her right. one big thing that everybody watched. What did you perform at this festival, comp competition festival? What did you do? Oh, good Lord. Um, it was 45 years ago. I'm so sorry. It was <laughs> a little less than 20. It was a little less than 20. Uh <laughs> Okay, so I don't know. I don't even honestly know if I was the one nominated or if I was the person chosen to be a scene partner. Um, okay. It, but we always did a comedy, uh, usually a, a a sad, dark comedy, because that's what I like doing. And anybody who chose me <laughs> kind of wanted to do that too. So yeah. Hmm. All right. Who has another question for Nate? What was the name I of the organization? Don't. ACTF? Yeah, American, American College Theater, Theater Festival. Festival. So I believe this one was held it was held at Keene, New Hampshire, I believe. Keene, New Hampshire. Okay. Okay. Jesse, do you have any questions for Nate? Yeah, uh what what, what drinks were they serving that night? True, was it Red Bull? 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Just getting amped up for that dance later. They're like, guys, you got to get your energy up for dancing later. Yeah, spike the punch with Red Bull. Mary Ann's here, impress her. <laughs> we had to pay for our own stuff, and that specific year, I f- forgot to or didn't have money. So I don't you know what they were serving for drinks. I kind of, no, I scavenged and I ate you were the leftovers. You're getting I was like college. wounded soldiers at yeah. the end of the night. Sorry, yeah. no, do you mind if you buy me my drink? I forgot to have money. I, no, 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 no. I did not do well, that. that I didn't, I didn't ask to buy drinks. I just may have had the leftovers. Wounded soldiers. <laughs> That's... That's definitely how you get mono. That is not acceptable in 2020, <laughs> the dumpster fire year. Good thing we're moving on. This wasn't yeah. in 2020. This was in like 2002. Oh, uh, I know. Just <laughs> in 2002. Yeah. Showing how much we've evolved or devolved. That's why, devolved. That's why I'm not a millennial <laughs> because I didn't ask for a hand. <laughs> Not that millennials do that. I'm not I saying that. Okay. We love millennials. Now, love millennials. his name is Nate Green at him. <laughs> uh, this comes out in end of December because I can be off social media by then. That's fine. <laughs> All right. Who has another question for Nate? I'm sweating. I'm, I'm like ready to pass some judgment here. Yeah, yeah do it. All right. So it, pass it. You have... Heard the questions. Let's hear your conclusions. Marie, truth or a lie? I, I think that um, I think that it's a lie. I think that Nate, Nate absolutely went to the ACTF. Um, I think that this woman was probably there. I don't think that he danced with her. All right. Molly, what's your call? <sighs> Marie, you make some good points. <laughs> Most of them I agree with. Oh, dude, Nate probably freaking did dance in a circle with Mary. I mean, probably. Freaking <laughs> Are you going to give Tony Shalhoub a back rub or something? Oh, yeah, yeah right? Yeah. Like, come on, man. He hobnobbed. But Bob is so good at making just the one little thing. I know. But I liked, I watched Nate and he had this little smirk. And he was, when right Bob said it, and he was like, mm, right, right at the beginning. And so I'm going to take that little blip um, as a lie. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a truth. All right. No, wait. All right, as a, a truth. No, a lie. Steve, what's your call? <laughs> a lie? A is lie. it a lie or a truth? I lie? don't know. My earpiece was falling out. I was panicking. Molly's earpiece fell out. All right, Steve, what's your call? Uh, I'm giving Nate an F for his attendance at the ACTF. Um, I do not think this is real. This is... Uh, this He looked shocked when he heard the news. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, All right. But again, I'm not going to be surprised if uh, he's just he's just playing that I up. Know. So I'm going to say it's it's false. He is smart. All right. So Jesse, we have Marie with uh. a lie. We have Molly with a lie. We have Steve with a lie. What's your call? Is he telling the truth? You know, I mean, after after hearing all you guys uh, have all these very very detailed analysis of this. Night. <laughs> And how most of you have all come to the same conclusion, and the fact that this is all an improv bit anyway, I'm gonna say it's a lie. I'm gonna. <laughs> all right. I'm gonna... So we have a full house <laughs> of lies. <laughs> Nate, what is the story? Uh, it is true. <laughs> That's what I meant. Oh. My freaking earpiece. I, I, I basically, yeah, it's basic. I, I mean, it's true. It was. 
it was a long time ago and I don't remember all of the specifics. I told you what I remember and it's true. <laughs> wow. I knew it. In fact, right. you gave um, that guy a back rub. I knew it. One of my, uh, the, the co-chair of the student performing artists in the theater program uh, ended up going to her uh, cowboy ranch uh, where she taught um, like film classes. Uh, and he did that hmm. f- during part of the time we were co-chairing. Um, so I was co-chairing singularly during that time. Nate, can we get All a right. full, can, before the next um, lying segment, can we just get a full list of all the celebrities you've danced with or gotten back rubs from? Yeah, just, just right. so we can kind of... <laughs> All the that's celebrities you've in some way touched. <laughs> okay. I would say that's it. And I mean, other than the time I was with President Obama on that Bahama vacation that we went on. Oh, true, true, right. true. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. That yeah. makes sense. All right, Jesse, how would you like to score? <laughs> Again, yeah. point to anyone for any reason. Yeah, this is a hard one to score to because we all lost. <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna, <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm going to give, uh, you know what? I'm going to give uh, 10 leftover drinks to Nate. For oh. <laughs> and, nice. All right. Very nice. Did you guys ever play King's Cup? I feel like Nate would have drank all the, the oh, drinks that Lord. went into the middle <laughs> cup of King's Cup. Yeah. All right. I did. So yeah. that's the end of our first half. <laughs> Our points are in last place is myself with zero points. Next, we have Jesse with 12 points, followed by Steve with 13, Molly with 19, Nate with 108, and Marie with 1,018. Oh, you forgot. I love it. <laughs> Catch up. Join us when we return <laughs> for halftime trivia and mask charades only on Balderdash Academy. Go Nashers! <laughs> <laughs> it's a heck of a lead. Listening is cool and all, but watching gives you so much more. See the players' real-time reactions, flub-ups, and all the snark that intern Alan Smithy can dole out on the running commentary. Only at Balderdash Academy's YouTube channel. Welcome back to Balderdash Academy. Our points are... I am in last place with zero points. Next, we have Jesse with 12, Steve with 13, Molly with 19, Nate with 118... And in the lead, Marie with 1,018. Wow. That's a lot of zeros. <laughs> a lot of zeros. Oh, yeah. I like that music. So it is now time for Coach of the Baller Dash Academy Dashers, Coach Steve, Thank what do you, you got for us, Coach? Thank you so much, guys. Tonight's a very special night. As you know, it's almost the end of the year. I am so hyped. Um, but the thing I couldn't stop thinking about going into this show was um, our good friend here, Jesse. Jesse's a good friend of mine. I know a little bit about um, uh, where he grew up, New York City. Did New York City? Where where did you grow up exactly? City. Sorry, I don't I, know I anything about where Jesse grew up. No, nobody does. <laughs> And if I've done my job right, nobody will. So he's a ghost. Um, So Uh, let's just call it suburbs outside of the city. Yeah. Jesse was raised in Queens by Uncle Ben and 
is on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to hear about your uncle, going by the way. Great so far. <laughs> so I figured, in honor of our guest who grew up in the suburbs, maybe outside of New York City, uh, believe him. We're going to talk about New York City, guys. Um, yes. And when 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 I think about New York City and I think about sports at, from the point of view as a basketball fan, obviously you got to think about the the New York Knicks. Um, mm-hmm. And when you think about the New York Knicks, you just think about the fact that they haven't had a good basketball team um, in about 20 years. And um, when you're a, a okay. professional basketball team, traditionally what you want to try and do is have a good basketball team. Um, the Knicks seem <laughs> incapable uh, of doing that, uh, despite who their coach is, who their front office is, who their players are. So I think um, what we could do, we can't, we can't hire a new coach for them. We can't... Uh, go and get free agents for their team what we can do though is we can rebrand the new york knicks um they are after all the only sports team named after a pair of pants um and if 2020 has taught us anything it's that uh pants are pretty much irrelevant uh for humans at this point um so what we're going to do tonight is we are actually going to try and rebrand the new york knicks all right. So what I did in the break is I asked each of our faculty and our guest for some suggestions um, that I'm going to now assign randomly to our faculty. Now, what they have to do is this is yet another round of we need a pitcher, not a belly itcher. I expect a beautiful graphic right there. As I say, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't put a graphic. Cue the graphic. <laughs> I'll write a You'll nice get the graphic when we each face. get our own personalized song like you do. Yes, mm. I know. I'm That's when you'll get your graphic. <laughs> um, so uh, what you're going to each be assigned what you were going to pitch to me. Now, myself, okay. uh, Jesse, if you don't mind playing along, we are the uh, owners of the New York Knicks in this scenario. You guys are going to come into our office. You're going to pitch us your idea, and you really got to sell it. You got to justify why... We are changing um, the team from the Knicks, the Knickerbockers, to whatever it is that you're coming in to pitch to us. Make sense, everybody? Uh, yeah. Awesome. All right. So first up, I think I hear some knocking on that door. It's uh, Mr. Bob LeBlanc. Thank you for joining us. Thank Bob. you for having me. Um, can we get you anything? I'm good. Thank you. Okay. Red, Red Bull? <laughs> Half drunk? Yes, please. <laughs> okay. <laughs> thank you. Okay. Great. So we'll get that for you. Now, Bob here is today uh, pitching us on the concept of the uh, New York backseat of a 1950 Cadillac. Okay. Bob, tell it, break us down, break this down a little bit for us. Well, I'm going naughty. I'm going nostalgia. You see, when people think of success, they think of the first night they ever got laid. True. And frankly, why not celebrate that? It's it's a new opening. It's a new, literally, it's a new opening. It's a new <laughs> shot. It's a new approach to life. And you walk away feeling mildly disappointed, but still different. And frankly, what better description of the team can you go then mildly disappointed, but different. And that's why the back of the caddy is wow. the way to go. If right. you don't like the year, I get it. We can update it. We could just call it the back of the caddies. Uh, it's roomy. <laughs> it's prestigious. Mm-hmm. It has an odd odor. Uh, and frankly, yeah. it's the perfect name for a team. Tell me, Bob, a little bit about what, what you're expecting the logo to be. 
I'm thinking fins. I'm thinking the back fins, just like the caddy, right? So you have those two standing pillars, right? With like nets. back like in a nets. sweeping arch I just from the top from the hallway. to the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the nice thing about that is you could actually have the wings wrap around shoulders on jackets. Think merchandising, right? Wow. Think branding. Think... Uh, Car nights, classic car nights. Okay. Big with basketball. The uh, the success of the rebranding practically writes itself. Jesse, how are you feeling about this concept? Interesting. It's definitely uh, something you never would expect out of a basketball team. And not, could, <laughs> not at all. But 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 you know, it's a different direction. The Knicks need anything right now, so you they'll know. They, they'll take anything at this they, point. Yeah, they really. In my in my opinion, it's it's not bad. Not it's not bad. Okay, we have a we have a not bad so far. Thank you, Bob, so much for joining us. All right, next person coming in, we've got Marie Stewart yeah. Harmon. Uh, Hi, now Marie. Today, yes. I believe you're pitching us on the concept of the New York Kitty Litters. I Tell us am. A bit yes. More about this. Um. Well, everybody loves kitties. Everybody loves a little, a little sweet little those little whiskers and those little baby kitties. Um, and there's something that always is needed when you have a cat and it's kitty litter. Um, and so what we are going to do when we are rebranding it to be the, the, the basketball team to be the New York kitty litters is, um, with every attendance at the game, you get a bag of kitty litter to take home to your cat as well as a voucher for $50 off the local animal rescue program. So That's not only are we advocating for the local, um, street cats to be adopted and have to be brought into loving homes, but it's with the with the joy of basketball. So everybody gets to enjoy basketball and cats. Now, Marie, as you know, the local New York publications and newspapers and such they don't take it easy on the sports teams, and a lot of times they'll run headlines. No. Uh, are you ready to see in the New York Times the New York kitty litters are a pile of? Um, uh, absolutely, because anything can be spun positively, and we will be hiring a very excellent marketing team to be in charge of making sure that that is spun in a po- positive fashion. Yeah, is, I, I actually hear that that person's in the hallway. Um, if they don't mind stepping in, I'd love to hear how they're going to spin this. Uh, yeah, let me... Uh, yeah, I, well, they just told me. Okay. So... <laughs> Um, well, as, as we are aware that New York City has a lot of public transportation and there is litter all over the place, this is also to be, um, you, you will be cleaning up the litter of New York City. You are helping do a public service to your city while enhancing your basketball team. Wow. Okay. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Marie. That was a great pitch. My Jesse, pleasure. how are you feeling about this? Thank one? you. This is a very innovative concept. There are so many tie-ins, a bunch of marketing possibility. I really like it. I think it'd be good. Uh, good. What do you think, Steve? I think we, you could have just stopped at Kitty. You didn't have to do litter, but the whole litter, uh, no. But I thought that's the, that's the, the pull of it. You know, if it's just kitties, mm-hmm. you know, we like kitties. But if it's kitty litter, it really changes the whole the whole message. Well, and you get a whole, you get a the, the voucher to the re, the local rescue program is for a whole litter of kitties. Oh, it's oh, more than I see. Yes. There it's like you a, go. Yeah. 
bunch of cats. You get a whole oh. bundle. Yeah. Get it. Like a, a like a grumble of kitties, perhaps. Right. Wow. Uh, see, I was just thinking yeah. it was the stuffed cats pooping. I had that's no idea. This way, well, well I my, mean, my vision. with all yeah. cats come litter also. So yes. okay. right. they go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. Thank you sure. so much, Marie. Um, uh, Nate, uh, come on in. Mr. Nate Green. <laughs> now, Nate, this is an innovative idea that you've plopped Thank down you. on my desk here. Um, yeah, I like it. I'm a little concerned, but I'd love to hear your pitch here. Um, you're pitching the concept of the New York dump trucks. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about this. Well, I figure if you're going to rebrand something this year, make it a dump truck. Um, honestly, I've already been to McDonald's. I've already been to Reebok. Um, I'm trying to get as many people as possible to rebrand two dump trucks. So, um, <laughs> time out, time out. Can I stop you there for a what? second? So yeah, this, this concept did not work for these uh, other organizations. So you're just, you're just slapping it on our desk too. You didn't change it at all. No, no, no. They took, they, they're, they're doing it. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we're going to have a lot of dump trucks. Duh, so much dump trucks. Okay. Well, we're going to have like a, like a, like a, a grumble of dump trucks going around the, the whole <laughs> city area. Um, and these dump trucks, um, they have, now this is where it gets different. Uh, McDonald's has one, has one with a fire hose that shoots out soda. Um, and anytime somebody yells, supersize me, it spits out soda. Um, you guys, you're uh-huh. going to have t-shirt cannons. And anytime somebody yells out, hey, Nick suck, you're going to be like, no, we're the dump trucks now. And you go, and it <laughs> fires a t-shirt cannon at them. That's good. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and it's going to really work well. Like, um, yeah, because there's other companies picking up on this. Uh, it, it's really just going to be a layered thing. It's going to be like a truffle of um, <laughs> truffle of trucks, truffle of trucks, <laughs> wow, a truckle. Okay. Uh, now, mm-hmm. um, the logo, I'm assuming, just a, a dump truck, or you got anything more specific? Yep, okay, um, cool. all right, yeah. <laughs> Jesse. How you feeling uh, about this whole concept? I'm, I'm loving it so far. I'd like to uh, hear what Nate has to say about the mascot because that was my first oh, question. True, mascot, good See, question. I'm loving yeah. it. He's mm-hmm. he's already picking up on the McDonald's tie in here. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so the mascot is going to be fun. <laughs> that is going to be fun. Um, what we've done is we've kind of repurposed one of those horse costumes. We have one person in the front, one person in the back, except we've made it bulkier. Uh, we kind of modeled it. Um, dumb trucks are really big. So we had to kind of scale it down. We went after the Tesla truck. Um, <laughs> and, um, and so you have both people with roller skates on, <laughs> And uh, they just they just wander around. Um, occasionally, the person in the back will stick the hand up and throw out T-shirts like the T-shirt cannon going around the city. Wow! Thank you so much, yeah. Nate. Dumps um, like a truck. I'm lo- I'm truck, loving the idea. Truck. Roller skates, the blades can be yeah. like the dump truck wheels. It's it's all coming together. Really. Yeah, that's pretty wow. good. That's pretty yeah. good. We're visualizing. Um, yes. I'm confused of the transition from a horse to a dump truck, but I'm sure the <laughs> well, costume was... people will figure yeah. that out. Exactly. We'll, yeah. we'll exactly. figure it out. Uh, we're we're actually we're outsourcing that to the Jim Henson company. Uh, oh, we are. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know yeah. we had the Jim Henson company involved. That's huge. 
Wow. Yeah, they're getting rid of Kermit and they're putting in a dump truck. That's amazing. So, <laughs> we just had a cat, a cat shelter sponsorship with the last lady, so mm-hmm. those are those are both pretty close. Competition um, is uh, fierce right now. I mean, you can put you can put cats in the dump truck, I guess. You could, you could, you could, you could. Uh, no one will argue with that. Ladies and gentlemen, our next uh, pitcher uh, stepping up to the base is Molly McGill. Gentlemen. Um, now, Molly, we know you're a professional at, at pitching, um, mm-hmm. so I don't want to hear any lines like Nate said where he, he just goes, this is a good idea in the middle of his pitch. Um, yeah. <laughs> I know you're more seasoned than that. So I really, sure. I need you to, to hit a home run here, not to have another baseball <laughs> pun with the basketball yeah, layer them on. Yeah. Molly here is pitching us the concept of the New York Chinese food. Mm. Okay. I want to hear mm. everything about your plan, Molly. Mm-hmm. Don't you ever. Gentlemen, thank you so much for having me here tonight. Now listen, the New York Knicks not doing well. Nobody's rooting for them. I mean, they're half pants, right? They're not even whole pants. They're not even shorts. So that is what's really crushing us right now. What we need to do is we need to instill some pride and some hunger for the game, which has been missing for so long. Mm -hmm. That hunger, that thirst, that go get them attitude. So what I am saying is we need to rename the New York next to the New York Chinese food because what says it's one in the morning and I am drunk AF and hungry. But wow. Chinese food, you could just, you go down and it's, everybody wants it. it is what you are craving. You want that umami. You want that sweet and savory in umami. the middle of the night. You want it in the afternoon. You want it at night. Who doesn't love a good Chinese dish? You know what? For the city that never sleeps, that might just be the best pitch we have ever gotten. Whatever. Thank you. Thank oh you for God. bringing that up. Thank you for bringing that uh, up. It's, and, it's got it, everything. It's got it's got late night, you know, New York never sleeps. It's Chinese sleeps. food, which may as well be the food of New York. It mm-hmm. is, in, in my opinion, the best spot to get Chinese food. I, uh, I think there's a lot of potential here. Steve, what do you think? Well, Jesse, you would know, too, because you were raised Whoa. in the suburbs of New York. So you're yeah, really true. in tune with those <laughs> late nights. Suburbs of the oh. Suburb, so I appreciate York, city your night. insight. Yeah. Thank, you. Thank um, you very much. Steve, yeah, what One you thing think? I could do is I could call the owners of the arena and see if they're comfortable renaming it to the Madison Square Panda Garden. Mm. Oh. Mm. I, I don't think that... Well... <sighs> Do you know that there's a panda being born right now in a zoo? No, Not I, right now no, in New Year's Eve, but right now in when we're recording. <laughs> and so I think that that would be a beautiful tie-in. And I like how we are just springboarding here off each other oh. and really making this come to fruition. I think we could probably hire that panda. I feel he, he's got a really good rate uh, and we could actually have that panda involved um, in this whole renaming, rebranding. Wow, this is incredible. Tell the, me about your logo real quick before we uh, shove you back in the hall. I will, but uh, <laughs> uh, the logo, the logo is great. The logo is great. The logo is um, great. I'm glad to hear that. But it's not just yeah. Hold on, it's not just about the logo. Brace oh, sure. yourself, my friend. Okay, it's about the color palette as well. Now we're talking about pandas, and what says 
clean, clear, and crisp, like black and white coloring. Maybe we'll add some green in there for some bamboo. This is going to be a beautiful, eye-catching <laughs> color palette. Secondary palette, maybe we'll put in some yellow, some oranges to really make it pop, right? So what are we going to have as the New York Chinese foods? We're going to have, of course, a bowl of delicious steaming lo mein mm. everybody's <sighs> go-to delicioso i mean fried rice is good mm. we have different iterations of the logo the cheerleaders fried rice we have the the logo itself as lo mein i mean this is this has legs this could go on for months mm. in different layers uh, I'm calling security right now. Please, uh, please we're all leave. leaving. We're all leaving. Okay. All right, thank you. Guys, thank you so much. Go to my dump so truck. Welcome. Go. Uh, thank you for having me, Jesse. Now that we we are have a little privacy here, yes. Um, I I need you to pick one of these ideas because these are all brilliant. You of course had Bob with the 1950 uh, backseat of a 1950 Cadillac. You had Marie mm-hmm. with the kitty litter, New York kitty litter. You had Nate with the New York dump trucks. And Molly, of course, with the New York Chinese food. What are, you, what are you leaning difficult. towards here? These are all so good. They are also great things for a basketball team to represent mm-hmm. themselves mm-hmm. as. It's very difficult to pick. And, uh, you know. As, you a, know, as I, a native of the suburbs of somewhere near New York a, City. If I were to judge by New York, when you think New York, what are you going to think? Yeah. I'm going with Chinese food. Oh, absolutely. That's yeah. what I was going to say. That's yeah. Yeah. All right, so you guys could come on, come on back in. Um, <laughs> great, so uh, we've decided to go with the New York Chinese food. Yes, and for you're some... not gonna be you're not gonna be disappointed, gentlemen. Great, I'm happy to hear that. Um, and Jesse, if you don't mind awarding points to our winner and or our losers, I don't care, or me. Uh, sure, let's, let's <laughs> figure them out. Or maybe just all me. It's fine. Low <laughs> main on me. Everybody gets low main. Now, yeah. I'm going to give you guys all, uh, you know what, just so you're stuffed for the next few weeks, uh, 20 orders of lo mein for everyone. Okay. Wow. 20 orders nice. of lo mein. That's big. Yeah. Wow. Before we move on to points, we're in our next 30 seconds or less. <laughs> Jesse. Yes. The balder, uh, the baldomizer, the balderdash <laughs> randomizer, uh, I own the baldomizer. I recommend it. It's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) The balderdash randomizer returned a question, and the question is Rhinoceros's horns are made out of what material? Horn, bone, or hair? This is a question just for me this time, not everyone else. Just for you. Wow. Just you lucky. We're probably going to answer it for you. So special. Horn, <laughs> bone, or hair? You know, if if that's hair, that's going to be crazy. Uh, you know, I'm going with bone. I think I'm going to say bone. Bone. Good answer. The actual answer is hair. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> of course. So, wow, I was like, the most unlikely right. answer would be hair. So let's not pick that. And then it was the answer. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, right on the money. Welcome to how we play Lila again. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we move on to find out who will be playing the mask charade, here are our points. I am in last place with 20 points. Next, we have Jesse. With 32. 
Steve with 33, <laughs> Molly with 39, Nate with 138, nah. and in nah. no surprise, Marie with 1,038 points. <laughs> this might be the biggest blow in Balderdash history. I think it is. I think it is. History. Um, our next game is called Mask Charade. Jesse sent his favorite movie to Marie. Because Marie is way the hell in the lead. Uh, Marie will then play a game of charades with Jesse's movie as the topic. The rest of the faculty will don blindfolds and try to guess the movie based on my descriptions of Marie's charades. Faculty, you may put on your blindfolds. All right. <laughs> Marie, are you ready for the last mask charade of the year? As right, I'll ever be. All right. <laughs> let's begin. It is a movie. Sweet. <laughs> Two words. She is opening a door. She's closing a door. She stepped into something. She's now has her hands on the steering wheel. Truman it looks Show. like she's right. She's adjusting the rear view mirror. She's looking at her Kill side Bill. mirror. Driving Miss Daisy. She's, she's pointing to the left. She's now she's now gesturing behind her. Pass me. And her hands are back. She's now waving to somebody. Her hands are on the wheel. Take a drive. Take drive. Drive. Driving. Uh, driving. She's smoking a cigarette while driving. Uh -huh. Pulp Fiction. <laughs> she's driving fast. She's smiling. Drive. Wow. She's Happy angry. Fast. She's driving angry. <laughs> Drive angry. She just slammed on the brakes. Now she's telling somebody to get in, to get out. Falling down. She's taking money. She has. She's holding Ooh. her hand up. She's putting Taxi something driver. in her pocket. There it is. Taxi driver. <laughs> All right. Taxi driver. Well done. Good job. <laughs> wow. That's got to be worth at least 5,000 points. Driver. I couldn't remember anything else from the movie other than he drove around and he was a curmudgeon about it. And then All he right. got his inspiration from being a crab. That's the whole movie, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesse, how would you like to score? Oh, man. I'm gonna, uh, points can go to anybody. Oh, man, I got I to make multiple it. multiple people. I gotta make it taxi driver themed, so I don't know. I gotta give like, you know what? I'm gonna give Steve, who got the answer. No, oh, I think it was Nate. No, I, I did. Yeah, it was Nate. What? No, I, I thought it was Nate. It was Nate. I'm so sorry, <laughs> Nate. That's okay. Just put, <laughs> so put, no, put no, that no, apology no, no. into points. Yeah, actually, <laughs> and give Nate, who got the answer. Uh, I'm gonna give you five. 100 Robert De Niro's. Oh, nice. And that's also five. counts as money because his last name is De Niro. But, yeah. I love it. All right, 500 De Niro's. So our points are in last place is myself with 20. Next we have Jesse with 32, Steve with 33, Molly with 39, Nate with 638, <laughs> And Marie with 1,038. So, I'm sorry, what? What is that? 1,038. 
So have a safe and happy new year and join us when we return on New Year's Day with a pop quiz from Home Mech and Wellness and the year's first technically correct. Only on oh. Balderdash Academy. Go Dashers! Great to watch with a hangover. <laughs> Dump truck! <laughs> Go Dashers! We All Have a Story is a podcast dedicated to learning more about the folks around us, one person at a time. We'll chat with accountants, bus drivers, entertainers, novelists, beekeepers, piano tuners, booksellers, artists, and more. Check out We All Have a Story using your favorite podcast app or service. Welcome back to Balderdash Academy and Happy New Year. Our points are... In last place, we have myself with 20 points. Next, we have Jesse with 32. We have Steve with 33. We have Molly with 39. Nate with 638. And in our sizable lead, we have Marie with 1,038 points. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) All right. It is now time for our final pop quiz of this episode and the first of the year this pop quiz is from the professor of home ec and wellness professor marie stewart Harmon. hello everybody (laughs) happy 2021 happy hangover we did it we did it! Yeah. Alright, so we're all making we are all making New Year's resolutions. And guys, there is an unbelievable New Year's resolution that is always it's the number one broken New Year's resolution. And I would like to know what you guys think that that resolution is. Um, Steve, I wrote your name down first yep. because you don't like going first. No, I love so, that. Too. I would like I love it. I would like to know what you think is the number one broken New Year's resolution. Now, a lot of people want to lose weight um, in the New Year. That's a, especially in this country where people tend to just be overweight by nature (laughs) in America. People want to lose weight, but that's actually not the most common thing people want to lose. Most people actually want to lose one of their. This is a very common Mm -hmm. uh, New Year's resolution. Uh, People pray every New Year's Day. I am just looking at the numbers, guys. I'm literally just reporting the numbers here. <laughs> what you want to have... So there's a service where they will come and they will uh, take your... <laughs> uh, <laughs> for, for as long as you need. Um, but it's very hard to... They're they're very popular service. Um, so you, you have to kind of make a reservation years in advance. And uh, it's hard to get into. So a lot of people are, are hoping and their wishes are not coming true. I'm so sorry. That's well, you know, you and I might be alone in this, Steve. Um, Nate, what is the most broken New Year's resolution? Uh, the most broken New Year's resolution, I would have to say, um, is uh, finding home. Um, you know, you, everybody's everybody's like, I'm going to click my heels together three times. So I'm going to say there's no place like home. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. And then they don't go anywhere Mm -hmm. and that is just so i mean that's awful um and they're like i made a resolution about this i should be home um and it doesn't work they're still in oz 
they're still um, <laughs> there. And, and more people just keep getting dropped there. I mean, as global warming increases, we have more tornadoes. Therefore, more people are taking the tornado train yeah. to Oz. And <laughs> they have a real population issue there. And nobody's going home. All right. Um, Bob, yeah. what do you think is the most broken New Year's resolution? The most broken New Year's resolution is the one that I, I break every year, and that's trying to keep a New Year's resolution. Mm-hmm. I, I always resolve on New Year's Eve that, you know what, next year, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do that thing. Knowing full well that I am not going to do that thing. I'm mm -hmm. saying I'm going to do that thing to help me get through the thing I'm going to do opposite of that tonight. Yeah. On New Year's Eve. Which would be last night. So it's yeah. keeping the resolution. Okay. All right. Molly, what about you? What do you think is the most broken New Year's resolution? The most broken New Year's resolution. Look, we all hate losing our keys. We all hate not knowing where the other shoe is. Where where did I put my sweater? Where's where's my purse? My wallet? Whatever, right? Losing stuff is the pits. But the worst, the queen of all losing things, the king that takes the cake is losing the remote control. It, and it mm -hmm. becomes the most uh, broken New Year's resolution because people just can't stop doing it. It is just, it's not an addiction. It's just a bad habit. Uh, so it's a, it's a real bummer. And people just can't watch the shows they want. They have to use the little buttons on the side, which never get you to where mm. you need to go. Frustration Got it. Got it. all around. Yeah, those, yeah. Those little buttons um, only do like seven things. It's really yeah, off and on volume. Like I mean, and, and there's like me ten remotes for a different thing these days. <laughs> these have all been. It's true. There's like five remotes on our coffee table, and I never know which one I'm supposed to use. It's very perplexing yeah. for me. Don't lose the um, right one. I don't even know what the right one is. Yeah. Um, maybe that don't should be my it. New Year's resolution. Figure out how the, what the remotes do. Don't do um, it. You'll break guys, it. Guys, these have all these have all been been, been really wonderful answers. Um, um, Nate um, has trouble figuring out how to find home to begin with um, and and finding yourself in Oz. And uh, we've got Bob, who's just trying to keep the damn resolution from the get go. Um, and we've got Molly here, who. I mean, yeah, I think this probably should be my New Year's resolution is like, well, A, figure out what the remotes do. Yeah. That mm. should be my first goal. You're going to break um, it, Marie. Jesse. Uh, yeah, probably within this hangover that we're all having right now. I don't know what it does. It's yelling at me. Um, Jesse, these have been some really, really helpful answers. Um, before I tell you what the number one broken resolution is and give you some tips about what your New Year's resolution might be, how would you like to score these points here to these wonderful faculty members on New Year's Day? That is a very good question. I want to keep it New Year's <laughs> themed. So uh, how about champagne? Let's just score it with champagne. champagne? Mm. Love it. Pop that bubble. I love champagne. Perfect. Um, well, this is a difficult one, but uh, honestly, Bob's answer was the closest to something I would have said too, <laughs> which is the, yeah. the New Year's resolution of keeping a New Year's mm. resolution. Yeah. I, I can't tell you how many times you say you're going to do something at the beginning of New Year's and then 
because you said it, it acts like a curse and you never yes. end up doing it because of that. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I think I, I think I'm gonna I'm giving Bob the champagne on this one. How much champagne do you want to give Bob? Oh man, how many bottles do you need? I guess uh <laughs> you know what to la- to Lots. last for uh to last for a hundred years, a hundred <laughs> bottles of champagne that you can only open in Special New awesome. Year's champagne. I appreciate that you awarded our headmaster these points because he actually is, um, he's onto something here. Um, the number one resolution that is broken is along the lines of losing something. It's usually weight, but it's also just getting fit in general. We give ourselves a really hard time. We set us ourselves up for these unrealistic expectations of I'm going to get to the gym five times a week. Like life happens. We need to set realistic expectations for ourselves. So if I'm going to give you any advice on how to improve your health and wellness going into your New Year's resolutions is just pick one. Think about what Bob said. You know, we we are just trying to keep our resolutions. Do not set yourself up for failure. Set yourself up with something that you can actually achieve. And one of the things that um, I has been suggested to me is having a commitment card of some sort. And instead of giving yourself an unrealistic expectation of like, I'm going to make it to the gym five days a week, you give yourself some sort of positive inspiration in that I enjoy feeling the benefits of going to the gym frequently. So having um, something more realistic set in your head and not setting yourself up for failure. Um, and just pick one. Don't pick five resolutions. That's foolish. You'll break four of them immediately. <laughs> the easiest thing to do is give yourself a resolution that you're already doing. Uh, for instance, this year I will be yeah. eating one sandwich per day. Um, and I can there you go. <laughs> Already been yes, doing it, so. maybe your resolution is to eat five sandwiches per week. Then you have a little bit of a window. Maybe your resolution is to eat, to eat, to eat sandwiches with pug bread. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I like that. Perhaps one. <laughs> you can give points for that. Thank you, faculty. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so it is now time for our last thirty seconds or less, Jesse. Yeah. yeah. The randomizer has returned a question, and it is. What is the best piece of advice that you have ever given? Can I do a little sidebar on this one? Do you mind? Sure. He's got Um, 30 seconds, Steve. Sorry. It can either be the best piece of advice you've ever gotten or the best pizza advice you've ever gotten. Either one is fine. Mm. Mm. Oh, man. Uh, No pineapples. No. Um... I'm not sure. This is a very, it's whatever very one, one you've given. Given, though. Oh, sorry. Not, sorry. Given. Yep. Yeah, that's another one. I could think of advice I've gotten. Um, ten. I don't want uh, to cheat that on this <laughs> oh one. Oh, my three. God. Uh, the, ten, <laughs> nine, eight. Uh, uh, the, don't overthink everything. Just just be yourself and live the moment. Boom. That's perfect. It's good. That is yeah. perfect. It's perfect it's advice. We're all probably victim of. <laughs> Something we didn't need to know going into the new year. (laughs) Um, Our next game is called Technically Correct. I will read a description of a movie that is technically correct. Our faculty members will all come up with an answer as fast as possible. Jesse will then award points based on the answers that he likes best. Our first movie. A man discovers that falling for a married woman can put your health at stake, Marie. I, 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 the, the, the wedding crashers. 
Wedding Crashers. All right. Molly, what do you got? Um, um, uh, that movie with that. <laughs> um, <laughs> is this the one where you kind of describe it and we answer it for you? Again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that wedding one where, I don't know, it's that lady. Crap. Bridesmaids? Bridesmaids. Bridesmaids. Steve, what do you got? Um, The Graduate. God, the Graduate suck. and Nate. Four weddings and a funeral. Four weddings and a funeral. Mm -hmm. So, Jesse, we have Marie with Wedding Crashers, Molly with Bridesmaids, Steve with a graduate, and Nate with four weddings and a funeral. The answer to a man discovers that falling for a married woman can put your health at stake is Dracula. At stake! Okay. I had a feeling. Yeah. I didn't know where the punch Jesse, was. how would you like to score? How would you like to score? <laughs> oh, no one got it. What do I give to who? Everyone got it. Right. Hey, what you like? What answer did you like best? Remember, it's not about the right answer. It's about the answer that you think should be the right answer. <laughs> so, of those, we had Marie with Wedding Crashers, Molly with Bridesmaids, Steve with The Graduate, and Nate with Four Weddings and a Funeral. You know, out of all of those movies... I've only seen one of them, and I got to give it to Steve. It was the graduate, and I do all think right. that, that actually still answers your question. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How much would you like to score? How many points would you like to give him? No, I'll give him a uh, uh, hundred Mrs. Robinsons. One hundred Mrs. Robinsons. Our next question. Our next technically correct. A man runs an errand and bad guys chase him. Molly. God damn it. Man. Um, <laughs> um, God. Uh, um, what, so can you repeat it, please? A man runs an errand, runs an errand. and bad guys chase him. Okay, this is just great. Truman Show. Truman Show. All right, Steve, what do you have? I'm going to go with the uh, Fast and the Furious. And Nate. The Pacifier. <laughs> pacifier and Marie. Vin Diesel. Uh, Star Wars A New Hope, specifically Han Solo. <laughs> Star Wars A he New Hope. He is running Hope. an errand, yeah. He is. So he's chased. I can't remember. We have Molly with The Truman Show, Steve with Fast and Furious, Nate with The Pacifier, and Marie with Star Wars A New Hope. This one was actually Marie's Shawshank Redemption. A man runs an <laughs> errand and bad guys chase him describes the Pineapple Express. Yeah. Oh, oh, no. Yeah. oh Damn, no. That is I, one of my favorites. <laughs> so weird. I was just <laughs> And oh. Jesse, how would you like to score? Right. <laughs> I'm just going simple here. Uh, I'm going to give... 50 James Francos to, to who? Oh, well, uh, this is a very, um, who got the closest to Pineapple Express? Like, you know, you've all equally gotten close to Pineapple Express because I bet you there are elements of that movie in each and every one of your picks. That's so true. It's I'm, very referential, yeah. It's super referential. So 50, all right, so 50 Francos across the board. 50 Francos, 50 Francos to everybody. 50 Francos to everybody. Our next technically correct, the buck stops with a woman 
trying to prevent a corporation's hostile takeover. Steve. Terminator 2. What do you have? Terminator 2. Nate, what's your answer? Uncle Buck. <laughs> Good movie. Uncle Buck. Marie, what do you got? Aaron Brockovich. Oh, and Molly? Well, not Aaron Brockovich now. Um, <laughs> what's that one with Keanu Sorry. Reeves and he's in the with Satan and stuff? Aaron Brockovich. <laughs> Devil's advocate. Yeah, sure, that one. What's the one with the woman trying to prevent a hostile yeah. takeover? <laughs> yeah. What's the one with the guy? Yeah. Oh, Keanu Reeves is not a woman. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I mean, don't make oh, any Snow White. Brave. Snow no. White. Snow White. We'll go nope. Snow White. No. Snow White. All right. <laughs> I honestly thought actually... you would have gotten this one, Molly. Um, so the buck stops with a woman trying to prevent a hostile takeover. Mm-hmm. You have Steve with Terminator 2, Nate with Uncle Buck, Marie with Aaron Brockovich, <gasps> and Molly with Snow White. The answer is Tank Bucks. Girl. Oh, come oh. on. Tank Girl. Come I, I even on. put the buck... Her name is Rebecca Buck. <laughs> remember stuff like that. <laughs> All right. My apologies. Jesse, how would you like to score? <laughs> I'm, gi- I'm giving it to Terminator because that is just one of my favorite movies of all. All right. All right. How many thumbs up? Uh, how many? You know what? I'm, I'm going to give it. Let's just go with points this time. I'm going to I'm going <laughs> to give Steve a, a handsome 200 points. Whoa. Sorry, 200 points. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! All right. <laughs> Our final, technically correct for oh, this, Lord. we have a boy sees himself have a very bad day. Nate, what's your answer? Simon Birch. <laughs> Simon Birch, Marie. Um. Um. Uh, um. Cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Okay. Technically correct. Cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Molly, what do you have? Guys, I think I might have an answer that actually fits. This is exciting. <laughs> Back to the future? Back to the future. And Steve, what's your answer? Well, I was also going to say Back to the Future, but I, actually, I think this is Back to the Future 2. Oh, don't even steal my thunder. <laughs> no, I, I, was, I promise. Yeah, I have it written written down here. I was already going to yeah, All right. Back Sorry. to the future, too. So, a boy sees himself having a very bad day. Nate with Simon Birch. Marie with Cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Molly with Back to the Future. Steve with Back to the Future, too. The answer was 12 Monkeys. Oh, wow. Nice. <laughs> I don't remember wow. that movie. 12 Monkeys? Hey. 12 Monkeys. All right, Jesse. How would you like to score? Uh, this is. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to give uh, this to the flex capacitors. So both Back to the Future answers. You guys, uh, twenty five flex capacitors each. Yeah, so, twenty five yeah. flux capacitors. Flex capacitors. Oh, flex capacitors. Yeah. Let's go. Flex, you're a flex. Yeah, the flex capac. Yeah, <laughs> that would be my wrestling name. Flex capacitor. Yeah, I think I've seen flex capacitor on, Mus- on Muscle Beach some days. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right. So before we find out who came in second tonight, we're going to. <laughs> we're. We're going to talk about our moral. Mm -hmm. And 
to today's moral was pretty clear after we talked to each other, after we played our games, listened to Jesse. What is the moral tonight is simply this. When you're in a pile on the floor, do your best to be a grumble. Oh, mm. yeah. Mm. Very good advice. I want to be in a grumble won. puddle. <laughs> in last place, we have Jesse, our visiting professor with 32 points, nice job. which is also the definition of restraint. Our <laughs> Next, we have Molly with 114, myself with 120, Steve with 408, and... In second place, Nate with 688 in the lead. Who could it be? In a sizable lead, our new reigning champion, Marie, with 1,088 points. It looks so nice. So, nice job, Marie. Three-time reigning time. champion, Thank you. Marie Stewart Harmon. Thank Very you, Jesse. Well done. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you so much. I couldn't All have right. done it without any of you. <laughs> Jesse. Yep. Thank you for being a professor oh. tonight on Baller hey. Dash Academy. Thanks for having yeah. me. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for making me a champion. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> the link That's to Jesse's website is in the description. Thank you for visiting us here at Balderdash Academy. Since we started Balderdash Academy, you've been with us from the beginning, and we thank you for being here with us tonight. We hope that we could make you laugh. I've been your headmaster, Bob LeBlanc. Joining me has been... <laughs> what are their names oh. again? <laughs> I gotta see who came in when. Um, <laughs> professor... <laughs> Of English language arts, yeah. Molly McGill. Happy New Year, y'all. <laughs> Coach of the Balderdash Academy Dashers, Steve Corning. We'll get him next time. <laughs> Our professor of STEAM, Nate Green. 2021 can't be worse than 2020. <laughs> <laughs> you jinxed it. Well, hindsight is 2020. Our reigning champion. <laughs> Going into the new year. Wow. Our three-time winner, Professor of Home Ec and Wellness, Professor Marie Stewart Harmon. Thank you all so much for joining well us. Happy New Year. Make resolutions you can keep. You should do that. Like listening to lis listening to Balderdash every week. Yes. Great <laughs> yes. resolution. So, <laughs> speaking of which, to remember that we have options available if you'd like to support the show directly. We also have merch available if you'd like to show your school colors. Links to everything are in the description. Thank you for watching. Happy New Year and have a good night. After celebrating the end of 2020, start of 2021, you may realize that you have one more gift from 2020. A hangover. Come by Balderdash Academy and learn how hangovers are much like babies, oregano, colonoscopies, and yes, that's right, cereal. You won't believe what you hear coming up in the bonus episode of Balderdash Academy. Join us January 11th as we welcome visiting professor Joe Swenson. Joe is an actor, 
improviser, director, producer, president of the production company Broken Arts Entertainment, and author of Letter Number Three and The Key. If you like Seattle sports, filmmaking, playwriting, and comedy, make sure to catch the next episode of Balderdash Academy. Balderdash Academy was produced and edited by Bob LeBlanc. Theme music by Think Fish Tank. Performed and written by Steve Corning, Carla Rose Dubois, Nate Green, Randy Hunt, Bob LeBlanc, Molly McGill, and Marie Stewart Harmon. Copyright 2020, Robert J. LeBlanc and Steve Corning. All rights reserved. Go Dashers!